Today on Peace Talks Radio, young people offer their ideas on what it will take to bring peace to the world. Not just no war, I mean, that's a very big part of it, but they also mean, you know, that they don't want any slavery. I mean, if you have slaves, I mean, that's not really peaceful, is it? We talk with elementary school, middle school, and high school youngsters who tell us about the conflicts in their lives. I used to be called gay and retarded, and that was very offensive for me. Say that your sister borrowed a sweater from you, but you never knew that. She just took it from you. The players on the field just started hitting each other on purpose. So then the parents got into it, and then the coaches got into it. And then they tell us how they try to resolve them. I said that I was sorry. And I told her my point of view. And like four minutes later, we were hugging and laughing. Wow. Youth Voices, ahead on Peace Talks Radio, a series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. This is Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. We put the spotlight on peacemakers throughout history and today. Whether it's the search for inner peace or learning how to resolve conflicts we have with others in our families, workplaces, communities, or between nations, we consider it here on Peace Talks Radio. I'm series producer Paul Ingalls. As youngsters, we all ran into conflict pretty early on in our lives, trying to figure out what worked and didn't work as we interacted with our parents, our siblings, and our classmates. It's all quite a workshop in conflict resolution. On today's program, we feature the voices of young people who are right in the midst of those early experiments in making peace. We took our microphone to youth classes at a local church in our home city of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and talked with a diverse group of 15 second through fifth graders. Later in the program, you'll hear some of our visit with three teens in a youth radio project at our home radio station of KUNM. As you listen, I invite you to tune into the simple wisdom that some of our young guests are offering. Whether they take a roundabout or more direct route, they often land at conflict resolution lessons or notions about world peace we can all use in our own lives. My name is Abby Herrick, and I'm 10 years old, and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name is Liam Potter Paul. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I age is nine. <laughs> My name is Rachel Sierra Ariza. I am 10 years old. Um, I'm from here, Albuquerque, New Mexico, but my ancestors were from Spain. My name is Vera Berger. I am age eight, and I live in Albuquerque. My name is Shane Arthur Meyer, and um, I'm 10 years old, and in three months I'll become 11. And um, I was born in Virginia, and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name is Isabel Gustafson, and I, and I am eight years old, and I live in Albuquerque. When you hear somebody say, I wish there was more world peace, what do you think they mean? I think they mean, um, I wish there was no war, and that everyone would get along together. Like, not as many, like, arguments and conflict and wars and stuff. They mean, like, um, to stop the war and to end world hunger. I think what they mean is just, like, no more wars. Um, like, there still be a little bit of conflicts, probably, but not, like, big conflicts, just, like, small conflicts over who, who, what, who gets what or something like that. I think they mean that no more wars at all. 
no more fight. Why do you think people are fighting at all around the world? They get angry. They have disagreements. Mm. And such and such. I think, you know, they mean, you know, like, not just no war. I mean, that's a very big part of it. But they also mean, you know, that they don't want any slavery. I mean, if you have slaves, I mean, that's not really peaceful, is it? So if you're just, like, happy and you don't argue a lot, I mean, you know, it's kind of impossible not to argue sometimes. But, you know, if you argue, argue very little and don't own any slaves and you don't fight wars or anything, I guess you could call that person peaceful. Mm-hmm. You could call the, call the world peaceful if it was like that. I think they mean that um, they want world peace, like no more conflict between individuals, those that disagree with each other, and they want uh, other people to accept who they am or who other people are. So then if that was that, then if that was there, then there would be world peace. My name is Ariane Carey, and I'm eight years old, and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name is Brandy Carol Lee Dallaire. Um, I'm 11 years old and three quarters, I guess. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, my name is Jacob Johnson. I am seven years old, and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name is Molly Michelle Vsart. I am nine years old, and I live in Terrace, New Mexico. I'm Alex Hyatt, and I'm 11 years old, and I live in Albuquerque and Sandy Heights. I'm Nazan Crosby. I'm 10 years old, and I'm from Great Falls, Montana. My name is Chris Fisher. I'm 11, and I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, my name is Aaron Manch, and I'm nine, and I live in New Mexico. Why do you think there are wars and people get in fights, do you think? Um, well, the wars are probably because, I don't know, but I'm guessing that they're because the countries want to, like, have more countries, and so they want to rule another country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they think it's kind of like, who's better than who, or I have to have this, or you can't have that because I'm this blood, or I'm this color of skin, or I have this much money, or you have your, like, we put people in classes, like mm-hmm. middle class, low class, high class. You think that's kind of how it is, except in a bigger picture. It's it's just like a big argument, including killing and things like that. So, it, so it's not very peaceful, and you want it to be a peaceful world, so war is not very peaceful. <laughs> mm. So if you were president of the world, like in charge of everything, what would you do to help make more world peace? Well, I'm really unsure of that question because um, a lot of wars are based on religion. And I don't agree with, like, forcing people to have, like, a certain religion. And that would, like, make a lot of world peace, but I don't agree with that. So I don't really know how to make world peace Mm -hmm. if I was the, like, king of the world or whatever. First of all, I'd be very, very rich if I was president of the world, that'd be nice. 
And second of all, I think that means stop wars completely. So you would just make a proclamation, stop wars, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I would release wild animals from zoos Mm. because they need space. And if I was the supreme leader of the world, Mm. I would stop wars and make the people understand that they're fighting just for an element that's usually important for them. But there are a lot of things that can be used instead of oil, like water. Mm-hmm. Water it's, power, yeah. It's recyclable, electricity, mm-hmm. solar power. I was reading this thing in social studies, and this guy wanted these Puritans to tolerate other beliefs. And I think that they should, a lot of people should do that now because you should be able to believe whatever you want to believe and stuff. One thing that would make it better, fairness or like giving, giving people what they need. So it's more of kind of thinking about other people and how they would feel, not about yourself saying, well, I disagree with this and they should just suck it up and deal with it. I'd just say, you know, if you want to do something bad, think twice about it. Because, you know, because you have to see before you do something, think about what's going to happen after you do it. Well, they could just talk about it instead of, like, killing each other. You treat anyone else the way you want to be treated. So if you have someone that's not very nice to you, you sort of, you still have to be nice to them so they think you're you're their friend, Mm -hmm. and you are. So you show them kindness, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say, well, first you should ask the people who are fighting if they will agree to stop or if they think it's too big to stop. After that, if some people still don't agree with them and they think that they should keep fighting, then I think maybe the two people that are fighting, if they actually really want to stop, then they should maybe talk to the other people who keep wanting them to fight and tell them that, you know, it's not good to fight. It's not the best way to resolve a conflict. If they're fighting over an apple, they could cut it and share it. Like, cut it in half and they both have one. Well, like, take Martin Luther King for an example. He was trying to make world peace for the African Americans, and he, he was saying to them, you know, don't fight about it, just... You know, the white men are your brothers, so we shouldn't fight each other. We should just tell ourselves that we are African Americans and we have rights too. And so, like, so he was a very big person in, you know, working with people to bring peace to the world.
what kind of conflict do you have sometimes? Well, um, it's mostly in school, but my dad usually resolves conflict very quickly. And the first ever conflict that I've had is I used to be called um, a gay and retarded, and that was very offensive for me. So, But my dad helps resolve conflicts. My dad, he, like, uh, sends, like, notes to, like, the principal saying about, like, you know, like, the conflict and who's doing it and that it should be stopped. Sometimes the principal talks to the student that's bullying me and and then... And then she calls me to her office with the bully to talk about the conflicts. And um, that kind of, like, resolves it because the student that's bullying me knows how I feel about it. I see. So tell me a little bit more about how that worked. Are you okay with this uh, bully now? Do you guys get along all right, or what's it like now? Yeah, we get along now. Uh, it's completely fine now because, you know, he just stopped after he knew how I feel about it. And I don't see him doing it to anyone else. So that's really interesting. So what do you think was the key, again, to fixing that situation? Uh, Making the bull, like, telling the bully how you feel about it. it. And... And making sure that he, you know, gets the point that it hurts my feelings. Do you have uh, conflict with your brothers and sisters sometimes? Yeah, we do a lot. Um, uh, But they're really because of really simple things. Like what? Um, Like I usually want to sleep with them and they usually don't want me to. Or... um, I'll borrow something of theirs, and they, without asking them, but I ask my parents, and they'll get really mad at me, something like that. A best way to resolve conflict, say that your sister borrowed a sweater from you, but you never knew that, she just took it from you, and then you came home, and you didn't know where it was, and then your sister told you that... She had the sweater. Instead of getting very mad at your sister, you should just say, Okay, it's okay that you borrowed my sweater, but next time I'd like you to tell me, because then I'd know where it was. When you see other people arguing, what what kind of stuff are they arguing about? Like, my clothes are better than yours, my hair looks nicer than yours, and stuff like that. So they're making a lot of comparisons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what advice would you give to people that around that that would help them not fight as much? Everybody's clothes looks the same. It, it doesn't really matter what your clothes looks like. Conflict in my life, well, my dad and uh, I and my brother, were, we like the Cowboys, so kind of football rivalries between Redskins fans. Oh, and also with my older brother, Tom, well, we kind of don't really like each other all the time, so we get into fights sometimes. And also, um, uh, well, this person at Children's Choice, we, well, it's in Africa, and we don't really get along 
that time, all, all that well. Okay. So sometimes you get in fights with your brother Tom, and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, other uh, uh, young people your age you don't you don't get along with. So when that happens, what do you try to do to fix it? I mean, what are the what are the steps? Um. Well, like when you when you have a fight with your brother, what what happens? Like, well, like after a while, I just come out of my room because that's where I go when I'm mad at him, and I say like I'm sorry, and sometimes he says sorry to me, not always. So you get away from it for a while and think about it. And like, what are you usually thinking about when you get into your room? Well, like what happened and why we're mad at each other and stuff like that. It'd be kind of awkward if we were eating dinner and we'd give, we were giving each other the silent treatment. So I'd try to just resolve it as fast as I can. So is it always just about saying, I'm sorry, or what? Is there more to it than, than that when you guys have something you disagree on? Um, well, I think it's kind of saying sorry and... Well, sometimes we get along really well, so and I because those parts, like when we play with cars and stuff, those are fun. So I want to keep it that way, mm-hmm. and that's another reason that I want to like make up with them. One time, me and my friend, we were um, outside during recess, and we were telling each other about um, like I was showing her my iPod because we're allowed to bring it to school, and. She got all jealous, and she said, I have a better one. And I was like, I don't care. It's just MP3s and stuff. It's just music. And then she's like, oh, whatever, and she runs away. And then I, st- I stayed away from her for like a week, and then I, sa- I end up saying sorry at the end of the week for being kind of like rude. Why did you think you were rude? Because I was showing her my iPod, like kind of showing off. So when you thought about it, you felt like you were showing off a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when you thought about that, then what made you feel like you wanted to apologize? Well, she's my friend, so, and she's my best friend. She's been my friend for five years, ever since I moved to Albuquerque. So we ha- So I've known her for a long time, and, you know, she's kind of like my, she's my best friend, so we just, she's like sister to me, so... We like if we can't get we can't get mad at each other more than a week. It's weird. <laughs> Say you really don't like this boy in your class, mm-hmm. and he walked up to you and like say he was a bully, and he walked up to you and said, "Hey, you know, look at your pants. They're so ugly. You should just, you know, you should really just." love the people you should you should love people for who they are even if they are really mean people and you shouldn't fight with them to resolve a conflict and like one of um martin luther king's really big quotes was hate cannot drive out love only love can do that and i i believe that is true because love is a lot more powerful than hate, if you really believe it is. So even if you love somebody who's being mean to you, then good things can happen. Yeah, if you just 
say you and your friend got in a fight, you should go go, well, you know, you are my really good friend, and I don't want to keep this fight going on forever. And so let's just stop and say we're sorry, and everything will be normal again, and we can be best friends again. Where did you learn all that? Well, see, I've had some troubles sometimes with friends and stuff, and so I go to a counselor. I've had, like, two counselors, and they've taught me a lot, and especially my parents and probably maybe one of my aunts or my grandma because my grandma's a counselor. Um, it's pretty, yeah, and also sometimes books because I read a lot of books, and sometimes, like, I'm learning about Anne Frank right now, and um, in her book, her diary, she talks about how she wishes there were peace in the world and that just Hitler would stop hating the Jews and just treat everyone equally because, you know, he said that I think that Jews basically aren't human. And they're a different religion from us, so they're not considered human, basically. And so that was kind of like what some people did to the African-Americans and stuff. Second through fifth grade students who gathered one Sunday at Albuquerque's First Unitarian Church to talk about peacemaking and conflict resolution with Peace Talks Radio. We'll have more from this younger group later, but next, some teens weigh in on these same topics right after this break. You're listening to Peace Talks Radio, the series on peacemaking and nonviolent conflict resolution. You can hear all the shows in our series going back to 2003 by visiting our website at peacetalksradio.com. I'm series producer Paul Ingalls, and today we're turning our microphones over to young people to get their take on how to create a more peaceful planet. Next, we hear from three members of the Youth Radio Project at KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name is Imanja Lambert, but my first name is Imani. I'm 16 years old, and I live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, born and raised. My name is Bashar Jawad. I'm 13 years old. I was born in Gallup, New Mexico, and then I moved to the Middle East for two years and came back here in Albuquerque. My name is Luke Iha. I was born in the Chicago area, and I grew up in several places in Illinois. And I've also lived in Colorado, but now I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. When most people say, I wish there was world peace, I try to say, okay, what are they thinking? What, are, what do they mean by peace? 
And usually, for most people, they're talking about an external kind of peace, almost like a utopia. And in my mind, that vision is not only improbable, but impossible because it relies on the fact that people will be good to each other and that people will do the right thing all the time. And I, I personally don't think that that will ever happen. But I think what needs to happen is not a peace that relies on external factors, but a peace that comes from inside, an internal peace that people can't take away. Because if they didn't give it to you, they can't take it away. And I think that needs to be the focus, is each of us individually obtaining that internal peace through sound reasoning and logic and also helping others to find that peace. Well, to make world peace, it seems like we usually say to get rid of war first. But a lot of times what I think of when I hear about what's going on in war is when people are angry, sometimes they're hungry. So I think one um, one thing that would be uh, mentioned in getting rid of war and getting rid of hate and anger is uh, one piece would be to end world hunger. By Since like half the world is obese and then the other world is starving to death, why not do that? Why do we fight, do you think? We fight because... Um, like, everyone wants equal rights. I mean, if you you don't have to go look at other people's land and just say, oh, look at that land. Oh, we need to get that land. We need to go and fight for it. If it's not yours, you can buy it off the other person. I mean, it's not a big deal. If you don't have to go and and fight for the land if it's not yours. If it's the other people, just let them live their life. Go home and be happy with what you have. You don't have to go and take someone else's stuff just because you want it really bad. I mean, you can you can ask for it. You can try to buy it off them. You could do a lot of stuff. But you can't just go and have a war or a fight with them to get the thing you want that's not yours. Maybe greed, selfishness, pride. Um, but also, I think there are a lot of people that really believe they're fighting for a good cause either to gain something or to get something back. What do you think would help most in stopping existing wars or preventing war? I think, I think education is a, plays a vital role. Uh, there's a quote that I can't remember where I saw it or who said it, but it was, the most dangerous thing is not ignorance, but the false idea that you have knowledge. And I think getting the truth and understanding the truth in matters would play a big part in stopping a lot of conflict on small scales and large scales. And I do think there is an ultimate truth in a lot of things. Oftentimes, if we're in a culture and we're so seeped in that culture, we attribute things from our culture to all of humanity. And I think looking at the core values of what humanity is and not saying, okay, well, this is how we do it, so this must be the one right way to do it, or this is how this people do, this must be the one right way. But looking at the, the real fundamental principles that span across humanity. So when you talk about trying to find an ultimate truth, mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. That, that is what I'm talking about. Because, because I think there are, there, there is, there's variables. You know, people are different. And there's not, there may not be one right way for people to be different. But I do believe there are core values that there is an ultimate truth in those things. Mm-hmm. When I was little, I used to be a kettle holder. And what is that? Um, f- well, I didn't know how to express my anger or express oh, myself at all. I see. 
up till um, like half of middle school and like seventh, eighth grade, I didn't really learn how to really understand myself or allow myself to be free, mm. as I would call it. So kettle holder is holding it all in? Holding it a- all in till I exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And many times I would do things that I felt really guilty about later. Like when I was little, um, this one boy was pestering me and pestering me, making jokes, taunting me, and mentally tormenting me. And a lot of times he'd just push me around and I hated it. And not until later on, I, I yelled at him and screamed at him. And I said I was going to pick up and chair and kill, and kill him. But one, you can't kill a kid with a plastic toy chair. And two, it was really wrong to do. Yeah, to this day, I'm still regretting it. But even the fact that even if I didn't do the deed, it was the fact that I thought that I could hurt somebody was the part that hurt me the most. And many times that's the part about, like, we say that there are good people and bad people, but I don't think that's true. I think there are people that have things about the insecurities, as Luke has said, insecurities and pieces of themselves that they hide or pieces of themselves that they see in other people that they either want to fight or they want to know. And a lot of times, sometimes that's why when you want to know, you have really good friends. That's when you pick out your friends. It's like the things you want to know about yourself. Because, like, what you see in others is what you see in yourself, or else you want to pick it. And, like, what you fear or what you're, what you're hiding and that shows in another person, like, the thing you don't like about yourself, it shows. And many times um, that's when we accept or explore the piece of ourselves that we fear. I think that's another way to explore into ourselves and create then began working on the part of peace that we really want inside of ourselves, like Luke was saying, is like the internal peace. Because mm. you can't completely help a person if you're not good yourself. And I think just to add, yeah. even just instinctively when we're in a conflict, uh, emotionally your emotions act up and you just want to beat the person, you just want to do something drastic. And I think oftentimes one of the best solutions is wait it out because – your perception is always different one minute, two minutes, five minutes after the situation, and you can be sound, you need to be logical in your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So don't act out of emotion is an important key. I'm not angry with someone. Usually I just, like, get over it. I'll sit with myself, I'll think about what to do, how to solve the problem. I'll just go on my bed, just think about what to do but usually if it's like with between me and my brother or my sister we just get over it but if it's between like a cousin or a friend or a relative i kind of figure out a way how to fix the problem just like my brother he gets really angry when i beat him in a sport or something it's younger or older he's younger he's nine years old i'll get really angry so sometimes I'll just take it easy on him so he could feel that, you know, he's he's like, he's winning and that he feels really happy. I like to see my brother happy. So you play basketball. Yeah, I play basketball and soccer, okay. and I swim. All right. So basketball and soccer, I've played those sports before too. Things can get kind of heated, right, competition. Yeah, like so- yesterday. I actually had a soccer game. And before that, my friend was playing, and I was watching his game. 
and the players on the field just started like hitting each other on purpose because they're rivals, I guess. So then the parents got into it, and then the coaches got into it, and the other coach from the other team actually came up to my friend's coach, and he started cussing at him, and he pushed them, and then after that he punched them in the face. And he started bleeding, so the refs couldn't stop it because, you know, they might get hit or something, so they called the cops. My gosh, what were you thinking as you were watching all this? Well, I was just thinking that I know that guy's going to get sued. They fired him from coaching ever again. Because my friend's coach, he doesn't want to hurt, like, throw back a punch. Because then that will be just worse. So he just let the cops handle it. So as you watch that... Violence doesn't solve the problem. Never solves the problem. It just causes more. In my lifetime, being as that... Um, I'm part Hickory Apache, and I'm also I'm also black. The conflict in my life is labels, and labels has been a big problem throughout history, not just like slavery of black people, but like we always have like these labels. Like uh, when I first introduce myself, like sometimes I hate that I have to say I'm I'm black and I'm Hickory Apache. And why do I, you feel like you have to say it? Many times a lot of people ask that, and I, like, when many women say I'm Latina, I'm proud, that's, I'm proud of that I'm black and Hickory Apache, but at the same time, I don't want to be based on a label, a label that's basically not acknowledged. Mm. The biggest conflict in my life is that I've never talked to my biological grandmother, and uh, it hurts because um, she hates that I'm black. I don't know what happened between her and her boyfriend who was black, but after he found out my mom was, um, that my grandma was pregnant, he left. What the conflict for me has been is that I don't want to have a label on my head saying I'm not good enough to be your granddaughter. I don't want to have a label at all, basically. Just an acknowledgement that I'm human and I can be loved. Okay, so you have a conflict with your grandmother. Have you ever tried anything to resolve it? Um, my mom and I have tried to enlist my family in this program that has really helped me out throughout my life called the Landmark Forum. Say it again. The Landmark Forum. Landmark Forum. It's more of an arrangement of teachings that tells you you are um, you are you and like things are just so like they are what they are and they're not what they're not. And to accept yourself for who you are and forgive yourself for who you really feel that you're not. Like, I'm too ugly, I'm too fat, I'm not trustworthy. All those other things that aren't true. Making your life out of a new canvas. And um, with that teaching, I've been able to get involved with a lot of my other family that I hadn't talked to before. Like, I'm after the Landmark Forum, I was finding out that my grandmother didn't really want our family to talk to us because of their situation. I'm still hoping for that chance to be able to talk to her and get to know her. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that you can find peace and lift the conflict without making that connection with her? I'm not quite sure. I've, I'm I'm kind of speaking from a dreamer's standpoint right now. Um, I've only seen her, but I've never actually talked to her because whenever I do, my cousins tell me not to. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that you care about wanting her to accept you. 
Yeah, and I think it's not it's not only acceptance for like everybody. Everyone wants to be accepted. It's more the acceptance of yourself. But as much as I accept myself, I'd like to know my grandmother. When I was younger, I used to like to challenge people in authority if I felt there was some injustice going on. And when I was younger, I got really into studying like extraterrestrials and aliens, and I was just I was amazed by it. I would go to the library and read books for hours. And soon I got my friends getting in on it, and then eventually the whole class. Um, during our computer time, we would just go and research aliens. I loved it. It was just like one of the coolest things ever for me. We kind of started going into like paranormal stuff, like ghosts, and kind of making our own, own theories about it. And some of the kids started getting scared in the class, and they would um, tell their parents, and the parents started talking to the teacher. So one day the teacher came to me and said, you can't study this anymore. You can't learn about this. And that just that crushed me because that was my at the time that was like my whole existence. I think it was third grade or something. Yeah. So I was going to ask you. You were maybe eight. Yeah, I was probably about eight. So I went home. I talked to my mom. I was crying. I was like, "Man, she just took away everything." And my mom said, "Well, it's school. It's it's supposed to be a learning place." And I don't agree with what she's doing. And she said, "You can kind of challenge her on it." As long as you do it with respect, respect her authority. So I went back the next day. I took the first part of her advice where I could challenge it, but not the second part. We weren't allowed to talk about it, but I just started talking about it and just kind of being bold with it. Like, I'm not going to listen to the teacher. I got in trouble for it, and she took a couple hours to just address the whole class and say this is why she was doing what she was doing, this and this and this. And eventually my friends lost interest, and I didn't want to continue without them. So it just kind of resolved itself. Or she, she actually resolved the situation. Now I'm a teacher. I teach capoeira, Brazilian martial art. I can see her perspective now. She's trying to control the whole class. She's trying to keep the class in line. If some kids are scared, some kids are doing this, it's, it's smart teaching. So from that experience, I learned um, that sometimes in, in conflict, you just have to, even if you don't understand the other person's side, sometimes you just have to let it slide. You have to be passive about it and say, and really look at the value of it. Like, okay, why is this valuable to me? Why is this valuable to whoever I'm in the conflict with? And what am I willing to compromise? And is it really worth the fight? Is it really worth the struggle? Just a general way to resolve any conflict is really just self-reflection. And you really have to look at the other person and say, okay, what is really their point in what they're doing? And what is my point? Why is it important to me? Just go to the, the root cause of the problem, root cause of the conflict. You know, Maybe the person, if you have a fight with someone at school, maybe that person is insecure. And that's how they're handling their insecurity. Or maybe you're insecure and the, the, your, your perception is shifted. So you think they're being mean to you. And then so this conflict comes from that. Just go into the root cause and saying, okay, this person wants something good, most likely. I want something good. And there's a conflict somewhere in there. And out of love for your fellow man, take the time to really just self-reflect and say, is it worth, worth this to me? How much is it worth to them? And... And that way you can you cannot take it personal. You can say, okay, this is this is what it is. And looking at the root cause of the problem, oftentimes it's really minute. It's not anything major. And I think if you can go back to that and say, this is what it is, you can start to just let things go. Luke Iha, Imanja Lambert, and Bashar Jawad of KUNM's Youth Radio Project. 
A bit more from our conversation about peacemaking with those three, plus more from our younger commentators, just ahead on Peace Talks Radio, right after this break. You're listening to Peace Talks Radio, winners of the 2010 Paul Bartlett Ray Peace Prize. Our series is devoted to highlighting the work of peacemakers throughout history and today, and to exploring effective strategies for nonviolent conflict resolution. This time, we thought we'd give our microphone over completely to young people, asking them to share stories about conflict in their lives, to tell us what they've learned about conflict resolution, and what ideas they'd offer the world to make it a more peaceful place. More now with our panel from KUNM's Youth Radio Project, 13-year-old Bashar Jawad and 16-year-olds Amanja Lambert and Luke Eha. And so all these people that you talked about, whether it's teachers or whether it's uh, bullies on the basketball court or whether it's family members who don't understand you or reach out, are all those people in ways teachers for us? Yeah, I think they I think life is just mm-hmm. the best teacher, life in general. Even most of the religions that I've studied and kind of look into, they all talk about it, you know, where we're we're tried, you know, by some sort of deity or just life in itself is just it's just a bunch of experiences and testing and I think people kind of get into this idea like, okay, you're public school, you go for 7 hours and all your learning takes place there. And then you come home, you don't really want to learn anything else. And I think people kind of do the same thing in life. Like they have only certain times where they learn or this. I think life in general from the time you wake up, time you go to sleep, even your dreams should be just a learning experience. And I think we should try to extract as much as we can from that because it's just what helps us grow as human beings. What I've learned is that it becomes a question about what's really going on. Because it's not like you can take two people and crack their heads together and say, look, you guys better talk this out. This is really what you need to talk about. If only it was that easy. With the lessons, usually the best way how I've learned from my mom and from a lot of other people is that talking it out and saying what's really so for you and what's so for the other person is usually how it goes. What's so hard about talking it out, do you think? Sometimes it feels like it's about... um, Opening yourself to your enemy, like it's difficult to do that to to, to be vulnerable or to show yeah. show your weakness to or your um to show your weakness or show your heart to someone that you feel is evil or bad. Many people think of it as I know you have a knife in your hand, but I'm going to open my shirt for you so you can rip my heart out. How about that? But it sounds like the way you're presenting it is it it might sound seem effective to you though. 
talking honestly? Yes, many. Um, a lot of times whenever I get into conflicts, like whenever with teenage girls at school about boys, <laughs> many times it's more, it's more of a talking out what's really going on question. Like many girls are like, oh, I'm going to beat her up after school at the and in the lunchroom or something, all that other stuff. But a lot of times the best way to just handle it is just to talk it out. Many, like, if it's not just that, it's more the courage to talk about what's really going on. And many times that's really hard to do. Like, how can, how can you go to someone you love, like either someone you love or somebody that you're having a, just the conflict with, and just say mm, some, what's really going on for you and why that really hurt you? Like, many people can't do that. So how can we find the courage to talk about what's really going on? I think the courage uh, has to come from a respect for yourself and a respect for the other person that, um, you know, the conflict is, is probably hurting them too. And, and sometimes maybe it isn't, but you need to have a respect for yourself. Okay, I want to fix this area in my life. And respect for the person, I want to f- help. I want it to be resolved for them as well. And and I think what the, the fear is is that, uh, like Aman just said, we make ourselves vulnerable to the people that we're having conflicts in the first place it makes them even more of a threat to us than they already are and but there i do think there are times when talking it out is not the best way to go because there are just going to be times where it's just going to keep the situation going and people aren't going to be wanting to listen to you um even if you're saying okay i want to do the right thing they might not be ready to open up or you know, they might not be in that place yet to say, okay, I want this conflict resolved. And oftentimes it just, it affects, it hurts you more and it just keeps the situation going. And so if it's someone, I mean, if it's with a family member or something, you want to mend that relationship, then that is the best way to go about it. Just talking about it, saying what you're feeling, ask what they're feeling. But if it's, if it's just something like wishy-washy, at the same time, I think the best thing is just Okay, let them be what they are. You don't have to, you can even forgive them on your own from afar, basically, and let them do their own thing. You don't have any bad feelings towards them. Just you're in your best interest just to leave the situation alone. Sometimes is it enough to just say your side of the story that you let go of the expectation of what will happen or what will change, but that there's some relief in letting somebody know how you feel about something? Yeah, because I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of conflict is a small issue. Maybe there is some injustice. Maybe there is some wrong. But really, it's that small issue which invokes a whole bunch of emotions, um, depending on how we feel about certain issues. And I think it's these emotions that is really what feels, you know, makes people have this passion for certain things. And I think by telling someone, even if even if they're not involved in this in this situation, telling someone kind of starts to relieve some of those emotions and like depressurizes you, so you can get to that small point and say, okay, wow, this really wasn't a big a big deal. I just had all these. I was just angry. I was just sad. I was just hurt. And um, I think that's that's another important thing in conflict resolution is really just finding a good outlet for those emotions and recognizing that okay, yeah, I'm sad. I am hurt. I am angry. And knowing the best way 
to let those out, let those things out because keeping them in is not, is not good either, but letting them out by telling someone by, you know, punching a punching bag or something. Those are all ways to just let it out, get that out of there. And then you can really start to look at the problem for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, this is actually putting words to the emotion, being able to say, I'm sad mm-hmm. because. And owning, mm-hmm. owning the emotion. Mm-hmm. Say, I am, I am sad. And this is, you know, it, sometimes in a conflict, maybe we are hurt, but we don't want to admit that we're hurt. So we have to make it something else. Yeah. And from there, we have to make it something else. But just going to the root cause and saying, this is really what's going on is really I'm hurt. And or really, I'm sad, really, I'm angry and just owning it and then saying, OK, now I can really start to see. Now I can start to understand better. And sometimes when you just say I'm angry, you can say that word without having to show all the bluster and all the, <laughs> the loudness and or the fists. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say that could be using that energy for other things. Right. Energy. Yeah, yeah there's there's energy and anger, but it, it could be used for other things. Talk a little bit more about this um, responsibility to use the opportunities of conflict to learn more about yourself. Um, there's actually an old Brazilian quote from one of the masters, and it's like, in this life, you're always going to pass through good and bad, no matter what. There's always good things. There's always bad things. So there's always going to be conflict. There's always going to be people that you're just not going to get along with. and you're And there's probably going to be times when you're in the wrong and you've made you've stirred up some conflict just self-reflection on it and uh yeah there does need to be a responsibility to learn from those experiences to to better yourself and i think it makes it better for you because it is a step to finding that more that inner peace 16 year olds amanja lambert and luke eha we also heard from 13 year old bashar jawad of the kunm youth radio project Although most of our youngsters interviewed for this program voiced the concern that violence is not the best way to resolve a conflict, it would be disingenuous not to reveal that one youngster said that his father okayed him to fight back if a bully who was calling him names also ever struck him. Our young man reasoned that if he didn't start it, he wouldn't be punished as badly as the instigator, and that self-defense was sometimes called for. Now back to more of our conversations with 2nd through 5th grade students attending Sunday activities at Albuquerque's First Unitarian Church. Are there things that you can do that makes this a more peaceful place every day? I could make more friends. That would probably work. How would you do that? First, you say hi, which is pretty easy. Step two... They answer. You let them answer. That's step two, basically. You try to get to know them. Of course you get try to get to know them. You find out where from the world they're from. You find out what language they speak. Find out what like what games they like to play. And you play them with them. Well, you can just start out small, you know, like if you have a fight with a friend, then you can forgive them instead of storming off and being grouchy for the rest of the day or week or something. You can just start off small by forgiving people and try not to bicker as much as possible. Try to make world peace like by myself, you know, like 
ignoring conflict and just accepting people who they are. If you were going to give people advice about, you know, solving their disagreements, what would you suggest they do? I'd just say forget about it. It, it, It's not a really big problem. If it's that you gave them a coin that you really want back, it's just a small coin, and you can get it another time. Mm. So you think a lot of arguments are about small things? Yeah, and they turn into big things. Mm -hmm. And what are more important things to think about then than the small arguments? Think about things that you already have and what you're happy for. I think something I can do every day would be, I guess, living like I was going to die in five seconds or die tomorrow or... but living life like there's something to live for. Kind of living like you're the last of a species and just living every day as best as you can and not wasting your energy on something silly like somebody took your pencil and you're angry because that was your pencil and you got it first. If you were to not be able to see that person ever again, and the last thing you said to that person was, I'm never talking to you again, or something really hurtful. You're going to regret it when later they're not your friend anymore because you were mean to them over a pencil. Does it come easy to you to think about that and stay cool? Well, sometimes and sometimes no. Mm Sometimes I'm just so angry, I just want to make that person feel the way I did. But then after, I was like, wow, that wasn't really something to get angry over because, you know, it may happen that that person feels the same way you do. Or you could just figure it out with just a simple little conversation. Mm. And so I have a really short temper, so... Sometimes it's hard for me to really realize that. It's hard to believe that you have a short temper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you learned about what to do when you get angry over something? Well, second step, uh, my teachers, there's a, a curriculum at some of the schools, and it teaches you that when you're really angry or you're upset or sad to, um, stop and calm down and think about what made me angry or take 10 deep breaths or count backwards from 10 and then say what made me angry was it something to get angry about how was I feeling how might that other person have felt and how can I resolve this conflict. Wow. So. And so let, does that work? Well, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I use, when I started learning it, I didn't really think about it. I was just kind of like, oh, whatever, this is boring. And then a few days later, I had a conflict with one of my friends about talking to another friend. And she was telling the teacher a version of her story, and I totally disagreed with that. And I called her a liar. 
and that wasn't very smart. And then we were about to start yelling at each other, and then our teacher came and said, before you get all attitude and stuff like that, think about what happened. And so I went back to my second step lessons, and I was like, okay, well, I, and I told her how I felt and what I thought happened. And she said that she felt like I was butting in. So I said, so I said that I was sorry and that I didn't mean to button. And I told her my point of view. And like four minutes later, we were hugging and laughing. Wow, that's something else. That's great. Love, rescue me. Come forth and speak to me. Girls Choir with Protestants and Catholics singing together in Ireland. Love Rescue Me, featured in the Peace Through Music DVD and the Songs Around the World CD. Special thanks to Margot Millaret, Daylene Marshall, and Reverend Christine Robinson from Albuquerque's First Unitarian Church for their assistance, as well as thanks to all the parents of our young guests today for letting us talk with them. Thanks also, too, to Roberto Rael. Kyle Ferris and Kamaria Umi with KUNM's Youth Radio Project for their help. You can hear this program again or read a partial transcript at our website, peacetalksradio.com. That's peacetalksradio.com, where you can also hear all the programs in our series going back to 2003, order CDs, sign up for a free podcast or our newsletter. And it's also where you can make a tax-deductible contribution to our nonprofit media organization that produces this program. We depend on donations from listeners like you to support this particular program. Details at peacetalksradio.com. Additional support comes from the Oppenheimer Brothers Foundation, AMP Concerts, Albuquerque's roving concert series at ampconcerts.org, and KUNM at the University of New Mexico. Ali Adelman composed and performs our theme music. I'm Paul Ingalls. Thank you for listening to and for supporting Peace Talks Radio. (laughs) 